0: So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Hello and welcome to Culture Check, the Tailgate Society podcast. Please check the Tailgate Society.com and subscribe to Tailgate Society podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Arnold Woods and I'm joined as always by Emily Cornell. Emily, what's going on?
1: You know, just living the dream. I feel like we can talk about college football this time. I can ask you like how your day was watching football.
0: Yeah, you know, the last time, I guess this was two episodes ago. The game was two weeks ago, which you mentioned like offhand college football. And I was just like, let's not wade into those waters. You know, let's keep this podcast focused solely on music and albums and everything like that. But today you can't ask me because... Iowa State won. So yes. that's great for me personally, for my mental health, for my emotional well-being. <laughs> so it's a happy podcast. It's, they, so the game was in Fort Worth, I believe. I believe TCU is in Fort Worth. Yes. How far, how far away is that from you?
1: Uh, like two and a half hours with no traffic. And if you're like from Texas, probably two hours because people don't seem to know that there's law here.
0: Yeah, they'd be going fast down there. I haven't been to yeah. Texas in a while. I haven't been to Texas, I think, since I was in college. But it's a, a wild highway state down there.
1: Yes, yes. So Fort Worth, I don't know if, I don't know too many TCU people in Austin. There's for sure Longhorn fans left and right and a lot of Aggies, good number of Baylor fans. But yeah, TCU, I don't talk to too many people who are like, well, I'm going up to Fort Worth Um, because I think a lot of those folks stay in the Dallas area uh, post-college.
0: And you are a Wyoming fan, of course. Yes. And Wyoming is not playing, is that correct?
1: So the Mountain West and the Pac-12 just announced this last week that they will be having games. So um, I will trade out my bandwagon fandom for the Iowa State Cyclones and the Texas Longhorns to go back to being just like a very boring, crunchy Wyoming fan at the end of October when the Mountain West returns.
0: Well, listen, the bandwagon, there's always room. Oh, good. You can still, you know, um, we don't expect you to completely switch allegiances, obviously, but if you want to still claim Cyclone fandom, which why on earth would you after looking at games today? I'm just saying that it's open for you. And okay. you you came to a game last year, right? Did. You made it up to Ames.
1: I did. I saw the Cyclones play the Longhorns and win. And so, and I was there as a Cyclones fan. Like I wasn't there as a Longhorns fan, even though I lived in Austin at the time. The group I was with, a bunch of Iowa State alumni. So I couldn't just be like, yeah, I'm going to just root for Texas. Like that wasn't going to happen. I'm also a very fickle fan. So I will cheer for who people tell me to cheer for, unless again it is Wyoming, and then I'm like, I must cheer for Wyoming. Like I do not care. Um, there are a few instances where, like, if someone says, "Hey, cheer for this team," I will say, "Like, no, no, thank you." And those schools include BYU, Duke, uh, Liberty. You know, just schools that like leave a bad taste in my mouth. You dig?
0: Certainly, Liberty. Yeah. certainly liberty trash cool yes so and look if, this is oh go ahead
1: i was just gonna say like hopefully as we continue like you know saturdays you have like happy news about iowa state in the next couple weeks
0: listen there's gonna be a lot of prayer involved yeah. there's gonna be a lot of you know heavy breathing there's gonna be a lot of i don't have a lot of hair but hair pulling if i did have hair <laughs> but again today we won so it's all good we're happy and look, this is, listen, this is a we're, it's a perfect segue because we're talking about albums that came out while we were in college. This is the fourth episode of the series. And so we've done elementary school, we've done middle school, we've done high school, and now we're doing college albums. And so I guess my question to you off the top, when you were listening to the the albums that we listened to this week, and we'll we'll say what they are pretty soon, if you've looked on our Twitter, you already know, but did it make you nostalgic for the time that you were in college as an undergrad, you know, just scraping by trying to get to class and dealing with what, you know, 18 to 20 year old, 22 year olds deal with, how did you feel? Did you, did it take you back to that moment in time? What was your college experience like? Did you, we talked about our high school experiences. What was that? What, what do you think about when you think of your undergrad?
1: Ooh. <laughs> or do we not want to talk no, about that? No, <laughs> okay. no we can't. I, I definitely, I, So like you said, University of Wyoming, right? So I went there and I tell people that now and they look at me, they give me this look of um, like confusion, which I'm like, I think about it, I think back to college and I'm like, uh, yes, I too would be confused as to why me, a black woman was in the middle of Laramie, Wyoming. I I wondered that often. Um, But I enjoyed my college experience these albums did take me back a little bit. Some of them because, um, for sure, Ed Sheeran I listened to when I was in college. And um, the other albums, I think, at different times, I listened to them. So um, it did take me back a little bit. College was good. I don't think I slept very much. I definitely cried a lot. Um, freshman 15, it it was more like a freshman 30. Um but you know, we made it. And after going to college in somewhere that is so cold, I never want to live somewhere cold again. Ever. Ever. So, yeah. What was your college experience like?
0: Listen, if you want to talk about going to college in cold locations, I know. I can relate to that. Ames. I went to, is... I went, I went to college in Ames, Iowa. It was, it was rough. And honestly, it's only gotten rougher. I think about last year when we had like the polar vortex. It was that, that was last year, maybe two years ago, whenever that was? Like that was some that was some cold shit. So uh, it, it was it was rough, but it was it was interesting. So our albums, like you said, we're doing "Plus" by Ed Sheeran. We're doing "Because the Internet" by Childish Gambino. That was uh, those were your two albums, and mine mm-hmm. were "Brothers" by the Black Keys and "So Far Gone" by Drake. And "So Far Gone" specifically, because I'd never listened to "Brothers" all the way through before. This week, this that was a pick for me to just you know kind of engage with the time period. But So Far Gone was a big album, and it's a mixtape technically, you know. But you know, Drake has been since the beginning of his career, which this album to me is essentially the beginning of his, monor- his modern yeah. career. Um, he's been blurring the lines between albums and mixtapes since the very beginning, and this is just an example of that. But this is a uh, an album that got heavy rotation back in the day. I've Maybe I've said this to you before, but when I think about college music, I think about music that was played at house parties mm-hmm. and music that was played in people's apartments or in people's dorms when, when you're just hanging out. And this was an album that had a lot of songs that were just, it was everywhere. It was ubiquitous. It was, you know, this was a, a, a big time for that kind of young money music collective with, you know, mm-hmm. Wayne and Nicki Minaj and, and Drake and... It was um. It was really interesting listening to this album as I'm on campus. You know, I work at the college that I went to for undergrad. And so I'm in a very different place in my life now than I was when I was, you know, 19 years old. So listening to these albums, especially So Far Gone, listening to that album now and just thinking about the way that I listened to it back then, it was kind of funny to me and just kind of... You know, indicative of the time that's passed and the different places that I am in life now. And I'm certain it was kind of similar for for you in that respect, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's just complete, like, the headspace is so different listening. Like, um, I think I just, like, listen to, like, Ed Sheeran. I listened to, like, the Black Keys and Drake. And I think Childish Gambino was, like, the only... Artists that we pick for this week that I'm like oh, I like listen to it towards the end of college when I would like actually start going out more and um, but like listening to it now I'm like oh man like I feel so sad listening to like Ed Sheeran um in a way that I didn't and I think I'm like actually listening like I don't think in college when I was listening to music I was like paying attention I was just trying to make it. I was very much struggling. I almost failed out. I was, like, a mess. So now, like, listening, I'm like, oh, like, I remember where I was when I would listen to this, but, like, I was not catching everything that was happening.
0: Let's talk about the Ed Sheeran record. Uh, why, did, why did you pick this one?
1: Ed she- So this album came out, and it was before, like, Ed Sheeran wasn't really super well-known. Um, he actually toured with taylor swift and that really helped him uh like that is a good move for any musician to hitch their trailer to taylor swift who was this was like pre-reputation so like she people liked her album still um it was also pre-1989 which was like one of her more successful like maybe the most successful of albums so he he was an opener for her and this was the album that had come out and it he's gotten so big since then like he kind of just started as like you know this redheaded dude that's playing his guitar um and like wasn't the most well-known so that's kind of why I picked it because like people who were in coffee shops a lot were probably listening to it but then he is so big now like I have friends who are just like, no, my God, it's Ed Sheeran. I don't want to listen. Like, I hate this song. A lot of his songs. A lot of people are just like, no, I just don't want to listen to it. Because he is like, he's played so much. And I don't know. This is just the beginning. And I'm just like, oh, if only we had known at the beginning, like when this album came out, that he would be just this massive um, musician. I don't know. I I enjoy the beginnings and seeing like how it kind of comes to where we are now.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I think that there's some Drake comparisons to be made there for both of these people where, you know, you mentioned Ed Sheeran touring with, with Taylor Swift and then Drake, you know, has that, you know, the apocryphal story of him meeting Wayne on a tour bus after Wayne had heard one of his early mixtapes. And then like Wayne kind of puts him on. And so it's these two guys who kind of, you know, come up under the tutelage somewhat of, of other bigger acts and then they kind of almost surpassed them, surpassed the mentors and become maybe, maybe less so at Sheeran since Taylor Swift is a pretty, her standing in the culture is pretty, has been maintained for a while. But with Wayne, there's, there's certainly something there where Drake has kind of surpassed him in popularity and cultural relevance. And these two albums are kind of, the beginning of that I'd never listened to an Ed Sheeran album before and my relationship to Ed Sheeran's music is mostly just you know I'm, I'm aware of how popular he is mm-hmm. but to me he's kind of just someone whose songs are on the radio a lot and he's not someone that I, I seek out his music that often so I was surprised like actually sitting down and listening to this record to hear the style of music that he That he does because to me like when I think of Ed Sheeran I think of like ballads Mm -hmm. and you know ballads that are on really emotional emotive love songs that are super popular and that's not the dominant type of music that's on this album which was really surprising to me and I was reading a little bit about him and reading a little bit about the album and he talks about how he's influenced by rap yeah, I read that and I was like, huh, okay." And then I listened to the record and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, he's trying. He's sounding like Eminem. He's sounding like Busta Rhymes. Like, there's songs where he's like sing rapping, but like in a way that's different from from Drake sing rapping, which we'll talk about a little later. But it's like actually singing in a rap style. It's, it was really yes. interesting to to listen to, and I didn't really anticipate that or, or expect that. And so, what what do you think about that? Did you is that something that you? I mean, you probably more familiar with his music than i am before we started listening to these albums but like going back to it was there anything on this particular album that like surprised you that you didn't maybe remember
1: i had forgotten that um as you talk about the sing rap the song um you need me i don't need you like that's a song i forget that's on this album because when i think of plus it's um like the A-Team, like everyone loves the A-Team. And that's, you know, but when Ed Sheeran was becoming popular, like that was the song. And um, he, he for sure has talked about like, you know, being influenced by rap. And then he, when he does like not just his own music, he did a, an album last year where he worked with a bunch of different artists and they were, a lot of them were like, rap and hip hop because of the like the way he writes his songs it like it fits into how like a rap song would be written um he just is not um like he's not really like eminem he can't really like pull off that aesthetic um (laughs) so i like he does what he can and like when he collaborates with different artists like it's really it's really good because he's already like in that style. It just isn't always like, like he's a singer songwriter. So he has his guitar and um, it doesn't always come across the best. I'm trying to say that in like the nicest way. It's not always (laughs) great when he does it, but like, you know that like if he works with the right people, it will come together and work out well.
0: When you talk about like the singer songwriter aspect of it, I did, I was reminded a little bit of like the Jack, Jack, Jack Johnson album that we listened to and just kind of, you know, the acoustic acoustic guitar, you know, white guy, love song type Mm -hmm. style. And he's definitely, he fits in that mold. It's a little bit different. This is a little, I mean, you know, he's from England and Jack Johnson is more, you get like surfer vibes Mm -hmm. and you don't really get that from, from Ed Sheeran, but there's, there's a, there's a through line there. I think that you connect a little bit, uh, that you can connect a little bit, especially considering these albums aren't too far apart. Like these aren't like, this didn't come out like 15 years after, I don't think at least after, no. uh, the, Jack, the Jack Johnson record. But yeah, I, I did, I, I did think about that. And then I was, I was thinking also about how, another reason why this surprised me is because I, I think of, I should have sent this to you last week, but there was, there's a, there was a tribute to Stevie wonder about 10 years ago, maybe on CBS, it was before the Grammys. And the last big performance was Beyonce and Ed Sheeran and Gary Clark Jr. Mm -hmm. And they did like, they just did like a medley of songs. And so Beyonce started with, Oh, I think fingertips maybe. And then, Ed Sheeran came out and it was her, it was Beyonce and Sharon, and they did um, Master Blaster and then they did Higher Ground when Gary Clark Jr. came out and it's incredible. Did you, are you familiar with that at all?
1: I'm not, but I am all in on that. Like, yeah, that I'm going to, sounds great.
0: <laughs> I'm going to send it to you. I'll send it to you on YouTube and it's on YouTube. It's easy. If you're listening to this, please watch it because it's amazing, especially the last part with Gary Clark Jr., who I love, who is from Austin, I believe. Yes so uh yeah i'll send that to you and if you're listening to this again please please watch that but like watching that like that's that's kind of my conception of ed sheeran where he's just like this he's a musician and he's a singer and he's um just a really like stripped down like acoustic type person so to hear this like production this kind of like super like overly produced not in a bad way but like super produced like rappy type singing songwriting type stuff it just wasn't what I was expecting but I did enjoy it so
1: that's that's good I was worried when I picked it I'm like well I don't have a single guy friend who likes Ed Sheeran Um, that's when I'm saying people don't like Ed Sheeran I'm saying that the men I know do not like Ed Sheeran but the women I know all like him they're like yeah this is good like music to just have on
0: I think that it's, with him, it's a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit goes a long way, I would imagine, because I don't, he's not someone that I'm going to, after listening to this album, I'm not like, oh, let me seek out his other stuff. Like, I probably will at some point, but it's not, I think that it's too, uh, when you're an artist of that magnitude, and you're just everywhere, like, there's going to be a large people who, a large, you know, population of people who are just like, I don't really fuck with that music at all, because it's everywhere, and I don't like it, and you know that's that just kind of comes with the territory of of being as successful of a musician as as he is. But yeah I, yeah, I thought it was an enjoyable record, and it's not something it's not my favorite type of music, but I I did enjoy it. So um, i I I will be interested to see if whenever I do hear whenever I do like come across another Ed Sheeran song and if it's it's on a different album than this, I will maybe try to compare it to what I've listened to for this week.
1: I think if you do listen to a different Ed Sheeran album, you should listen to, again, that, I think it's number six compilations. And it's like, he has a song with Chance. He has a song with um, Cardi B and hmm. Camila Cavai. Yeah. Like he, uh, there's a song with Eminem and 50 Cent. Um wow. Yeah. Like it's, it's different And I don't remember if it was, like, super well-received, but, like, I liked... Oh, he did a song with Justin Bieber that was, like, all over the radio two summers ago. Um, And Travis Scott, like, he... He worked with some, like, very interesting people considering who he is. Um, And where he, like, started with... Like, he and Taylor Swift did a song together. And I don't think he... Anyone that is... Remotely, like Taylor Swift was on this album,
0: I wonder if like you I mean you named just like the ten biggest music artists of the last like five years, so I wonder yeah. if' they just like all get together and have like these secret meetings or you know just go on vacation together on these private islands that no one knows about like it's a that's just a different level of fame and success that I yeah. can't even like really wrap my mind
1: around no I don't even and like he when he did this album, he was touring for his most recent album. Like, so he goes, when Ed Sheeran goes on tour, he does it for like two years. And then, I think like, I've heard
0: of that. Yeah, because yeah. he, he came here. He came to Des Moines a couple years ago and my wife worked at the arena that he, um, that he performed at at the time she used to work there. So it's... Uh, he's, he's someone who like... Like, that to me, like, like that's what it is to be a musician. Like, yeah. touring all the time. He releases the record, but he, he releases the records, but his, mo- his main source of income, his main, you know, the stuff that drives him mostly is, like, touring and performing, like, night after night after night. And so yeah. I think that's also probably how he got to be so, you know, you're an artist of that magnitude, combined with touring as much as he does. Like, now he can just kind of, like, chill off of the 60 million he makes off tour every, like, two years.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, he... And he'll like get off social media when he's no longer touring. So not on social media right now, just had a child, but is like, I'm not going to be doing anything. Please leave me alone. And I'm like, I love your boundaries that you're setting. You're not like, people can't be like, why don't you put out music? And um, I'm sure if he, I'm sure he will put out more music, but it will be a long time. So the Ed Sheeran fans, we all have to wait. (laughs)
0: Chilling on the private island. I'll release the music when I want to release it.
1: Love it, and like he'll collaborate with whoever he wants to work with. Um, And I'm sure it'll be, you know, all the top tier people. It'll be great. It'll be very cool. Um, I do want to talk about brothers. Yeah, definitely. I was very when you when you picked this album, I had to look at the text repeatedly. (laughs) Am I, am I reading this? Um, Yeah. I'm very surprised by this pick. So can you like explain it?
0: Yeah. So there's a song on this album that we'll talk about. Uh, the song is called Howlin' For You. And that was a, a single yeah. that was released off of this album. And I just really loved the song. And I had never listened to this album before. I think Howlin' For You was the only song that I'd ever listened to off this album. But I really, really enjoyed it. And I have two friends of mine who are really big Black Keys fans. And a couple of years ago, they went to a Black Keys uh, concert in Kansas City. But I just res- I respect the musicianship of it. I love blues, and they're kind of like a blues rock band. And so, again, I'm trying, to, you know, I'm trying to expand my horizons a little bit, and I just wanted to listen to this album just to kind of get a, a better context for their type of music beyond just a single. Because a single, a rock single, I think that if you're, you know, if you're a record label or a record company, and you have a rock act, their, um, their most poppy, quote unquote, sounding song is what you want to, the single to be because it'll appeal to the to the biggest amount of people. It'll mm-hmm. appeal. There, there'll be enough rock in the song that rock fans will like it, and there'll be enough pop in the song that you know people who aren't necessarily rock fans, but just like, you know, or fans of pop music will like it. And so I didn't really know how much of the album would sound like that song. But I, I don't, I just, I respected the musicianship of the song and I just, I really liked the song. So I wanted to to kind of dive into the album. And again, also to kind of expand my, my musical palette. But I was, that. I mean, that's the reasoning for why I chose the album. And after listening to the album, the, I just, I, I really loved it. So what what did you think about
1: it? Other than the initial shock, I was like, man, I'm excited to listen to this album (laughs) Um, because um, the Black Keys are a band that like I, if they come on, I don't like turn them off. Like I do enjoy their music um, probably because I only have heard a lot of their most popular songs. And then, whenever I talk to someone who's like a big fan of the black keys and they're like, Oh, they got bad after this album. I'm like, I really still like all their music. And so then I'm like, I just will never say anything ever again because people have strong opinions about the black keys. And I'm just like, the music's good. It's all good. I don't know. I don't know. Um, But yeah, I really enjoyed this album. Um, I'm like, I will probably, as with lots of albums that we've talked about, like add it to the rotation because it just, it sounds good and it is like it is on brand for the kind of music I like to listen to well I
0: was I was hoping that you'd enjoy it and I know that you're a bigger rock fan than I am but I didn't I wasn't sure if I mean I thought that you would like it but I wasn't sure how you would feel about it specifically and I you know I didn't know how I would feel about it specifically before I listened to it but you know I I enjoy the aesthetic of it I enjoy like the kind of the distorted mic sound that they use uh, mm-hmm. when, when with the lead singer singing. And it's kind of like, you know, it kind of gives it that edge, kind of dirty feeling. Uh, I think of Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz yeah. does that a little bit as well. And that's something that I'm drawn to. And just, again, like the blues aspect of it. I, lo- I, I just enjoy the blues. And part of this, like listening to it, some of it, they kind of take from different types of blues genres. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, stuff on here that made me think of Howlin' Wolf mm-hmm. who was a who was an old blues musician and i just like that type of stuff i like the um i like the analog type of you know kind of what we are talking about with Ed Sheeran just like the acoustic nature of of that type of music and it just it reminds me of like playing music and i enjoy mm-hmm. playing music so i'm 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 going to be drawn to this type of to this type of stuff um, Do
1: you have you ever listened to Led Zeppelin like on purpose?
0: No, but okay. so my friend, two my two friends who were I just mentioned who were big Black Keys fans. One of them is a massive Zeppelin fan.
1: That makes sense. Massive,
0: <laughs> massive, yeah, massive Led Zeppelin fan.
1: Because that's what i was thinking of listening.
0: Is that so? So this is this reminds you of that.
1: There were songs where I was like, "Oh, that like that sounds a little bit like Zeppelin," um, but that's neither here nor there. If you don't listen to Led Zeppelin,
0: I'm just, just, again, I'm, I need to. I gotta. I gotta, gotta expand yes. my. If you're yeah, gonna expand your expand music,
1: I definitely recommend listening to some Led Zeppelin. Um, I would assume with many rock bands, this is a very large blanket statement. I could be wrong, but I'm the one with the mic. Um, <laughs> i i would guess a lot of musicians are influenced by them um just whether it is just like the style of play or the sound whatever like um it's not surprising that it sounds a little bit like that and like other rock bands probably would have some of that and like pink floyd like i feel like those those bands are like they influenced a lot of the rock now because that's what those musicians were listening to the Beatles and like that's that is the the Beatles like all of their albums they have such a large um, collection that like I would be shocked if musicians are not pulling from them
0: well I think that especially like a a band like the Beatles who's you know they relatively they had a short career but they had so many different types of rock that they that they performed and so so many different types of bands are going to be influenced by their music and the Beatles started off as, you know, they were, um, you know, little Richard fans and, um, just American rock fans. And so they, they kind of took that and then made a lot of their music based on that and then went in different directions and stuff like that. And so the, the influence there, again, this is something that I've, you know, as a fan of music, I want to just kind of dive more into And I, we talked a little bit last, last episode about how when I was in high school having access to a large catalog of past music a lot of my friends or a couple of my friends like started getting really big into the Beatles and and Zeppelin and stuff like that you know who my favorite you want to know who my favorite rock band is yeah Queen
1: oh my god yes I love Queen
0: (laughs) I fucking love that band I like yeah I like Elton John but
1: like you love Queen
0: but Queen is it man like I love Queen Queen's so good Like, they just, like, banger after banger. All their songs. I just love them. Big facts. Might do that for the... Might do a Queen record for our episode when we do um, an album before we were born. But I love Queen.
1: That is good to know. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. For future album picking for this.
0: Let's... Can we talk about So Far Gone really Um, quick? Yeah. Man, I have... I texted you that I have a lot of thoughts about this album uh listening to it just a lot of stuff kind of went through my mind and this also goes back a little bit to the differences between listening to it now versus when i was in college but what did you what did you think about listening to so far had you listened to the album
1: before i had not listened to this album before i had listened to like i think there were songs off of it that i had like heard on the radio so like best i ever had was all over Mm -hmm. um i think when i was in high school and and like listening to the album just made me think of again like high school when drake was he was in his ed sheeran they were in their early the early phase of their careers and so i'm like yeah drake was on like every song and like he was on um oh man Nicki Minaj's album and I was just like wow like look at him making it and we talked about him last week when we were talking <clears> about uh loud but just like it it felt like such a like time warp and like you know when people would be like you know if you're listening to Drake like you're so soft um and and I get why like listening to this album and like I have a friend who's just like I just love Drake like he gets me, and I'm like, <laughs> "What? What do you mean?" <laughs> He's like, "I feel like he and I just like we have very similar lives." I'm like, "No, you weren't on the grass wow.
0: That's Drake. Wow. He has a similar life to Drake as well.
1: <laughs> um, uh, and like, I'm just like, uh, I don't know, but yeah, I get why like how Drake got so popular. Because it's like, oh, like his feelings. So like, women are like, yes, he's expressing his feelings, yeah, and men yeah, are like, yeah. oh my god, it's okay for me to express my feelings. Yeah,
0: I I wanted to talk about that a little bit because there's this there's this thing in the culture that this kind of started the emo rap. There's this like emo rap moment here. Yeah, with with Drake and um, Kid Cudi, who I almost picked. I almost picked Kid Cudi. Ooh. I almost picked the Man on the Moon album. Uh for for this slot instead of so far gone and i didn't because it was too again okay so here's the thing i don't want to talk about kanye that's yes. that's the thing i yeah. don't want to <laughs> do that but it's, it's impossible for me not to and he was you know one of the biggest artists at the time another album that i was going to do i seriously considered doing i would like type the text out to you and I like deleted it because I didn't want to do it. But I was gonna do 808 and Heartbreaks, mm-hmm. which came out at this time and is like the most influential rap record of the of that time period. And you know, this is a mixtape. So on a, on most rap mixtapes, like they take beats from other people and then like they rap over it themselves. And so there's a song on this record called "Say What's Say What's Real," mm-hmm. and it's the beat from the opening song 808 and Heartbreaks, which is called say you will. And so Drake just like raps over that that beat, that instrumental. And this sort of it's 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 not just the lyrics. So like it's it's you know, rappers talking about their feelings or whatever, but there's also this, you know, this kind of spacey, computerized, ephemeral, you know, I've smoked three joints <laughs> type of rap rap music like sounding Sounding beats kind of industrial at the same time, too, but it's kind of it's kind of it was kind of a swerve. And if you listen to Kanye's career, so he has, you know, college dropout, you know, besides the stuff that he's done for the records that he produced for Jay-Z and everybody else. So he has the college dropout, late registration and then graduation, which graduation came out my freshman year at Iowa State. And then you go to 808 and the heartbreaks and the opening song is that instrumental. Say you will. And it's completely different than anything else. And so there's this moment of, you know, rappers talking about their relationships with the women in their life and being insecure and, and, and whatever else combined with a different type of production and Drake really capitalized on it. And he is someone who, you know, listening to this album, the stuff that he does on this album kind of sets him up for the rest of his career. There's stuff that he does on this album that he still does in his songs today and there's also stuff that he like doesn't do anymore and what did you think about i guess listening to this song and then like comparative to the type of music that drake releases now like did, did you see some kind of similarities or like what were the similarities and differences that you saw
1: i think the similarities were that you can you can listen to it and you can just kind of bop along to it but I, and maybe it's, like, his most recent album, maybe, like, one he released two years ago, and it was just, like, too long, and everything was just, like, blah. Um, like, he yeah. he... yeah, so, like, he does such yeah. a... And he, his, his career is built on, like, releasing, the, like, the timing of it. He It's, like, very strategic in the timing of the release, and then, the, like, the sound of it, and, like, he always puts out, like, a single, and you're like, yeah, like, that's great. And... I don't know, this, I'm like, like, listening to this, I'm like, wow, this is a little more, it feels more intentional, like, it feels like he's, he's working for it, whereas, like, now he's like, no, I'm Drake, I can, like, put out this music, and people are gonna listen, so it doesn't really matter, as long as people can, can, like, play it at a party, and- a party maybe later in the party when everyone has been drinking back when we used to have parties but like yeah right (laughs) (laughs) but like I think of that and I'm like no like this out like I would like sit and listen to this I would listen to it and like drive and you know think about what I'm listening to whereas now I'm like yeah I would you know have it on but not be paying attention if that like those are like, like, that's a major difference to me where I'm like, I don't really care what you're saying right now, Drake, like do better.
0: I think that's something that you might be getting at here, which I completely agree with is that he's kind of like perfected his formula. Yes. At this point in his career or, you know, really for the past, like five years. Whereas yeah. at this, at this moment, when this mixtape was released, he's kind of finding his footing Yeah. and finding what works for him. And there's like this tension in his music, in his lyrics, really up until maybe I would say 2014, maybe 2013, 2014, 2015, that area, that like three year stretch where there's a tension between. So what you were talking about earlier, where he's, there's songs where he's like rapping from the perspective of a woman and, you know, a woman, a woman's insecurities and her dealing with the, piece of shit, men in her life. And like, you know, you, you talk about best I ever had, you know, sweatpants, hair tie, chilling with your makeup on. That's the, when you're prettiest, I hope you don't take it wrong. Right. Like just acknowledging the, the, the woman experience as, you know, fully formed, you know, individuals, which is something that hadn't been a done, hadn't been done a ton in rap up to that point, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: there's this tension between that and like celebrating women and like really empowering women. And you can even trace this back to, to like Nice For What, which came out a couple of years ago as well. Yeah. You know, like really pro-women type of rap. There's a tension between that and then him rapping about every, every girl that's pissed him off, every girl that he feel like played him to the left, every girl that did him wrong. You know, these voicemails that women leave him that he puts in the songs. And, you know, I got to a point with Drake where I was just like, all he talks about are the woman that he feels like played him. And like, it's just like annoying to me, like every all of his lyrics are about um, women who he thinks owes him something or that they could have been nicer to him or whatever else it was. And so there's that's at playing this album. And that goes up until that, like 2013, 2014 era where it just becomes, you know, at that point, he's the biggest act in music. And now it's just about other rappers that hate him. Mm-hmm. And how he's kind of like isolated himself and how he's in control of the game, in control of the game and how other rappers are jealous of him and, you know, the blah stuff that you're talking about, the yeah. hour and 20 minute albums that aren't about shit. And, you know, he's again, he's like he's his his success stands on its own, like he's the biggest act in music and he's at a point now where he can do whatever he wants, but I agree with you completely that at this point, he's still like reaching for something. He's still trying to find his footing. He's still trying to, he's still working at this point. He's still working to find the type of artist that he's going to be. And it's really interesting uh, to listen to. I I know we're going to talk about in the categories, different songs, but there was there a specific song that kind of like stuck out to you or a specific maybe one or two songs that you thought were really interesting listening to this
1: one? Um, I don't know if it was like necessarily how the songs sounded, but who, who was on the song?
0: Like yeah. That
1: yeah. to me, I'm like, Oh, so, um, like, of course he had low Wayne, but <clears throat> I was like, I was surprised that he, did a song with Peter Bjorn and John. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, "Wait, what?" Like, yeah. it came on. and I was like, "Whoa, this sounds like... like Did I put this on shuffle?" Like, no, yeah. I'm listening everything, like front to back. Um, so that really that threw me off. And I'm like, "Man, I wish Drake would do, would collaborate with artists outside of, you know, rap, hip hop, and R and B." Like, I think that would be fun.
0: I think that that song specifically, uh, what song was, what song was that? Uh, let's call it off is the name of that song. And so it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a punk rockish type song and like way different for what he he does now, obviously. And at that, again, at that time, another part of his, you know, his aesthetic was being different than like typical rap. And that's kind of something that we'll talk a, a little bit when we talk about Donald Glover's music. But kind of pushing the boundaries of what he's doing. Even there, this is something that he doesn't do anymore. But at that time, he's still, he's kind of at war with himself in terms of like singing and rapping. And he hasn't really, he does a little bit of the sing rapping stuff. But even on a song like that, where he's singing a lot of the time, but then he just like puts in a rap verse Mm
1: -hmm. where it
0: doesn't really, it's not really necessary. Like you could be, it could have just been singing completely. And he's not really confident enough to completely sing on a song like he is now. Yeah. Um, I think the apex of that is, is, is the song Passion Fruit. Have you heard that song from him
1: before? I have.
0: So Passion Fruit to me is like, it's kind of, he had another song before that, another single, um, Find Your Love. Find Your Love is a song where he sings the entire song and it was a really big hit for him. But like Passion Fruit is like the apex of him singing completely and like being really confident in his singing and there isn't like a hint of rapping in it at all. And he's that, so that came out on, on more life. And by that time he was confident enough to, to do that. And passion fruit, I don't think was a single, but like, that's just, that's an example of him fully completely like R and B soulish type singing. And on this one, he's not quite confident enough to do that completely. So I thought I found that interesting. Uh, another song, another real quick. Another song I wanted to mention is um, when you talk about who who was on the who was on the track with them is um, Uptown, which is a, Uptown is a song that I love because I love Bun B. Bun B from Port Arthur, Texas. I don't know how close that is to you. I don't
1: know where uh, it is.
0: <laughs> um, I think it's Southern Texas. So I'm not sure. I have to look it up. But Bun B from UGK. UGK is a huge, you know, huge Texas rap group, and. That was a big deal. Him getting a co-sign from from Bun B at this time was a that's a big deal. That gives him some some credit. You know, UGK stands for Underground Kings. Mm-hmm. So to to have a a group as legitimate um, as as UGK, you know, get on a song with you that was that was a big deal. And it's a great song. I love that song. So shout out to that one. Anything else about so far gone before we move on?
1: No, just that it. It was nice to listen to and be like, all right, Drake had a reason for becoming popular.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: so getting into Because the Internet, what did you how would you feel listening to this one?
0: So here's the thing about Donald Glover. Um, I'm a big Donald Glover fan. I love Community. Community's my my favorite show. And I love him on that show. And I remember him kind of going back and forth with doing community and doing music. And in the fifth season of community, he like leaves the show early to pursue his music career fully mm-hmm. and also to like act and, and everything that he does. He's a really talented person. I had never sat down and listened to this entire album because his rapping to me is, I don't know how I want to put it. He's not my favorite rapper. I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. He is, um, his style is just kind of, he he's pulling from different types of of styles and his lyrics are, I think he has, excuse me. He has, he's, he's very clever with a lot of his lyrics. He's very, Mm -hmm. he's a, a clever wordsmith and some of his lines are, are good, but like, it's just, it's never really, he's never really grabbed me as a rapper. And I was surprised at how much rapping he does on this album. Like, I thought that this album was more in line with his uh, Awaken My Love album, Mm -hmm. which is, like, completely, basically completely singing. And this is kind of, like, in the middle. Like, when Awaken My Love came out, I listened to that whole album, and I really liked it. But I think that I was surprised at how many people were surprised at how much singing was on the album. Because I think my perception of it was – my perception of Because the Internet – was that it was similar to Awaken My Love, but it wasn't. And so I was surprised at the amount of rapping that he he does on here. Um, he, there's a song on this album that I like love, one of my favorite songs. Certainly my favorite song from him was his Telegraph Ave. I really love that song. And I'll talk about why a little bit later. But uh, it was, I remember when this album came out and it being a big deal and there was like a screenplay attached to the album. And, you know, he's, it's to me, this his album is just like representative of him trying to like push his talents out, get his talents out. There's a lot of stuff in his in his brain that he's trying to just like, you know, get out and and put into the world, and so it was. It's really expansive. It's really, um, kind of going back a little bit to the email type rap with um the 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 production of it and how it kind of. It, there's some production similarities between this and So Far Gone, and this came out like six years after So Far Gone, but. It was um it was a good listen i'm I'm glad that I actually sat down and listened to it all the way through because I think that it didn't match up with what I perceived of it, but that's I don't mean that in a bad way. um what did you think of it listening to it?
1: I enjoyed it um I hadn't listened to it all the way through until this week, but I had listened to a lot of it um and I, I think I started listening to Childish Gambino more like towards the end of college um like I said when I was probably about to be going out there were definitely songs on this album that I'm like I'm gonna include this on a playlist of again when we used to go out into the world and interact with strangers um this was it I I like that he's clever with his raps like I very much enjoy that um and that is what kind of drew me to this where I was like, Oh yeah, we should talk about, um, because of the internet, because the internet, because, um, I enjoy rap as much as the next person. Like I will listen to it. If I'm working out, love it. Um, but if I'm just going to like sit in my car and listen to music, I'm like, it needs to be like fun. It needs to be like kind of witty and, um, and he nails that, and I I enjoy that. Like, not every song is for me. Like, this isn't an album that I'm like, oh, front to back, I love it. Um, <laughs> but, like, eh, that's kind of life at this point. Um, and I do agree that it is very different from Awaken My Love.
0: So did you, so you've listened to Awaken My Love before?
1: Yes, and I... I had listened to, like, I, not when it, like, came out, but maybe a year or two later I listened, and I was like, oh, I really like this. Like, it just, it's one of those albums that I'm like, oh, I can just, like, put this on and listen to it. Like, it's just very, like, calm and easy, and, like, I like his voice.
0: Here's the thing, like, with rapping, I've said here's the thing, like, nine times this episode. <laughs> so rapping, rapping successfully at that level it's really difficult. It's really difficult to find the balance between like confidence
1: yeah.
0: and wittiness and cleverness and, you know, being profound and yeah. then also being, you know, just rapping for fun and like, you know, a party record or whatever. Like it's really hard. And he is someone who, I'm not saying he's a bad rapper by any stretch of the imagination, but to me, it's just like, when I think of like the elite rappers, uh, like, a, like a Kendrick, like um god yeah. I don't know I don't want to I don't want to do this but like with, <laughs> I don't want to like name my favorite rappers or whatever um because a lot of I, I don't know my my most of my favorite rappers aren't like incredibly mainstream and I don't want to sound like a pompous asshole when I say that but like someone like I don't want to excuse me I, I don't it's tough because like to compare him to someone like Kendrick who just like uses his voice in such a you know, Kendrick's voice is like an instrument and he's just so good at, and it's tough because like Kendrick is like maybe, maybe the best popular mainstream rapper. Like he's maybe the most talented. So it's tough to be like, well, you know, Gambino isn't as good as like the very best. So this is why he's bad. Like, I don't want to be like that, but it's, it's just hard. It's, it's really difficult to combine all of the elements that you need to be a great rapper. And He's like almost there to me, and he's just not quite there. So I don't know. I, I enjoy listening to this album, but it, part of me is just biased because I didn't want him to leave community. I can say that. Huh. You know, I can, you know, I can still be petty and bitter about that. Hopefully, they, hopefully, the, the movie materializes on Netflix. We're, we're still hoping for that. But he's—I don't know—he's an incredibly talented person. You know, Atlanta. I watched the first season of Atlanta and part of season two. I never finished season two. But Atlanta was great, and uh, he's a great actor. And, you know, there are far worse rappers than Gambino who are popular, which is beyond me. But I, you know, I I did enjoy listening to this album.
1: It's... to, To your point of, like, you know, that balancing being, like, witty and, like putting out music that people like want to listen to. <laughs> um I think that he I don't know. I want him to get to like a Kendrick level. I don't know if he can. Yeah. Um and like like his most recent he put out an album this year a couple months ago. So it came out maybe a m- month after The Weeknd released an album mm-hmm. and The Weeknd's album was dope. Like it was so good. Oh my god. Um, and I was like, great, like, The Weeknd released this really good album. Childish Campino's releasing an album. It's going to be so, it was awful. Was and it? I was like, what did I just listen to? I was not into it. I was not happy with it. I was like, man, I'm disappointed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to listening to The Weeknd again. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I just don't know. And I, like, I want him to be there. I want him to, like be like this great rapper and like he's very talented just like across the board he's an incredibly talented individual and like maybe that's it like you can only you have to focus on one thing to like really get to that level where he can be talking about something that's relevant he can be telling a story he can be um bringing in like the sound that people want to hear and also like be clever like like run the jewels they do a good job of that
0: right sure
1: so i'm just like ah, uh, he could get there or you know he could have his 20 projects that he's working on and like continue to be just below excellent like he can be great or like he can be really good just across the board but will never achieve just like that next level he is
0: a you know Hearing what you just you just mentioned, run the jewels, which made me think about this because you know Killer Mike is of Run the Jewels, and Killer Mike is from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Glover is from Atlanta, and I can I can hear a little bit of Outcast in this album. Mm, and yeah. to me, this is someone who you know. I think Donald Glover is like thirty seven or thirty eight, but this is someone who you know grew up on Aquemini. Yeah, and in and, and kind of you know when he got his chance to make his album, you know, he's, I think that he's informed by albums like Aquaman Eye and like Atlians, and, you know, and it's kind of like, okay, now I'm going to put my spin on it. I'm going to take it to a different place while still being informed by it. So I, I, I did think of that while listening to this album as well. I just wanted to throw that out there.
1: I mean, it's good. You're tying all of the, it goes back to like, oh, this is what an artist was probably listening to and it informs what they make.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. Do you want to get into the categories?
1: Yes. So as we do, we talk about the best song we're sung, most singable and most underrated. We're going to start with Ed Sheeran's Plus. What is the best song to you?
0: The last song, Give Me Love. Mm. I'm a, I'm a sucker for album closures. Yeah. I think album closures are very important. And it's kind of cliche to put the long, you know, seven, eight, nine minute song at the end. This is, uh, I think, like an eight and a half minute song, but like I'm a sucker for it. I'm a sucker for, you know, the long pop songs with like different movements mm-hmm. in the within the song, and I just like the song a lot. So that's what I put. I put "Give Me Love." What did you put?
1: I love that song. Um, but I put picked "You Need Me," I don't need you because I think that it's so funny. Like listening to the end of the song, it's um like obviously this will probably have explicit on it, but. Um the lyrics are they say I'm up and coming like I'm fucking in an elevator. Yeah, 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 <laughs> just, yeah. I can't listen to it and not laugh. I'm just like, "Ah. that's
0: okay, so we, good." But again, that's a rap line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's a that's a rap, that's a punchline. That's a yeah. rap, it's it's a couplet, it's a punchline and it's it's the simile where it's like I'm, you know, that when I heard that I'm like, "Okay, that's he's it makes sense where he talks about how he's influenced by rap and influenced yeah. by these rappers. Cause like, that's a, that's a rap line.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's really it. Just because of that line. Um, <laughs> what song did you think was the worst song?
0: I put small bump and okay. I'm going to, I'm going to explain this because we've, we've talked about this before a little bit where it's like the smaltiness. I can't really, it's, it's tough. Okay. And I'm gonna, I'm going to contradict this pick a little bit later but I'll, I'll I want to I'll talk about it a little bit when we get to that song. I'll talk about why that song is good and why this song I don't I, I don't think is effective. But I went with small bump. But I'll put it right there. And when we get to the other song, I'll kind of put it more in context. What did you put for worst song?
1: I put this because I it, it's a song I skip whenever I hear it. I think it's annoying.
0: Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. What did you put for most
1: singable? Drunk, uh, I think because it was like it was a pretty popular song. Like it was one of the singles released, and so I think like it just it's one of the songs that I'm like ah, this song comes on, I'm gonna sing it because I know it. Which one did you pick as a not? Oh yeah, I know this song off the radio.
0: Right. Um, side note, he's I, I didn't mention this earlier, but he does he sings about being drunk a lot.
1: Yeah, he drinks a lot. Like he's British. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So like, yeah, the way that like rappers rap about like smoking weed is like he raps about being drunk. I just yes. that was funny. I, I put you and I, um, it's just, it has the chorus, the chorus that's just like really singable to me. And I think about, that, you know, not that this song was a popular radio song, but like I think about if you're in your car and it, if it comes on the radio, if you're just like listening to it in your car, this is something that you're going to sing. It's just a really easy singable chorus. So that's why I picked that one.
1: Yeah, and if you, if you want to be sad listening to the beginning of it when he's like, oh, yeah, I'm not, cry, or I'm not sad anymore. It's more like tsunami tides in my eyes. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's so sad, but very singable. What song for, did you pick for the most underrated?
0: For underrated, I picked The City. And you just mentioned that he's English. He's talking about London in the song. Mm-hmm. kind of you know a love letter to the city and i love i love london london is my favorite I've, as someone who's only been to two international cities um london is my favorite international city it's just a city that one of my favorite cities period i really my first favorite city that i've visited is miami my second favorite is london i really enjoy it and it's really cool to hear someone who's from like i don't listen to a lot of british rap but it's cool to listen to someone like kind of sing and rap about being from London. I need to expand my, you know, British rap game. Shout out to Drake who just bites British rappers all the time. What did you put? What did you put for most underrated?
1: Uh, I put kiss me. I was surprised it was one of the songs that didn't really get to be a single because it is peak Ed Sheeran love song that people love to listen to.
0: The man, he can write a love song.
1: He surely can. Uh, It's in his bag. He he is the most played at weddings. It is his bread and butter.
0: Him and Bruno, hundred percent.
1: Oof, yeah.
0: What did you put for best song on the album, Brothers?
1: I put Everlasting Light. It is the first song on the album, and I think it's a strong start for a like overall strong album.
0: Listen. We talk about album openers, album closers. Mm-hmm. Both are both are very important.
1: Yeah, and it's a really
0: the, good song. Pick I picked. The... So so for this one, I picked Unknown Brother, and so I want to go back to Small Bump really quick because both of these are kind of like baby songs. So Small Bump is about a woman who's pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. And the small bump is the bump in her stomach, and the baby's being born. That's smalty. The lyrics are smalty, and this is someone who is a father of two. My daughter's fourth birthday is tomorrow. Shout out to Rosa. My son is five months old. So I get it. I get the the smaltiness of it. I get, you know, how important children are. I get it. But this is smaltzy. It's too smaltzy. It's too over the top. Unknown Brother, though. Unknown Brother is about, you know, his, like, his mother basically had a child that she lost. Had a baby that she lost. And so... It could be schmaltzy, but it's not like the lyrics are really strong. It's really beautiful. It's a ballad, And I'm not sure how to define or describe the balance between like smaltiness and like just great emotion and like powerful uh, emotional songs. I don't know. It's tough. It's like the Supreme Court says, God help us the Supreme Court. But old dude who said, you know, I know it when I see it. (laughs) He was talking about porn. So this is a fucking horrible (laughs) analogy. God, I should really think about things before I verbalize them. The point is, the point is, I know it when I hear it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. (laughs) God bless you if you're still listening to this podcast. I'm sorry. We're (laughs) off the rails here. Good Lord.
1: It's it's fine. Um, What did you think was the worst song on Brothers?
0: This is the last one. Emily's gonna text me after this, like I'm sorry, we can't do this anymore. Uh, Worst song I picked the Go Getter. This is a song that I don't think, or this is an album that that I don't think has any like bad songs. Yeah, like this one is just one that I didn't really, it didn't really make an impression to me. So that's why I put that one. What did you pick?
1: I picked Next Girl, and I agree that there like aren't really any bad songs on this album. It's a very good album front to back. The songs are like similar enough, and it's fine.
0: Most singable. What did you pick?
1: Uh I picked Tighten Up. Um because when I like that's one of the black key songs that I'm like, oh yes, I know this song. Let's listen. Um so that's that's it. Which song did you think was most singable?
0: I did Howlin' for You. It's the one that I knew the best and I just I've sung a lot. So um I think Tighten Up is the first single from the album and then Howlin' for You is the second single, so Makes sense. The sing the singles are gonna be really singable, hopefully. So that's Oof. what I picked.
1: If they're not, they messed up. Exactly. What was the most underrated one to you?
0: I also I, I went on a, unknown brother. It wasn't a song that I was familiar with at all and I thought it was a beautiful song and I'll shut up about it. Um that's all I'll say. What did you pick?
1: I picked I'm not the one. Um and this what like picking the most underrated for this was a little challenging Because I was like Well like a lot of these songs are good And should have gotten more Like recognition Like it made me think of Back to Black Where I was like man Like this whole album's so good Why isn't it at all Out there mm-hmm. for everyone to be like I love all of this So mm-hmm. Yeah
0: We are going to do next So Far Gone So category for So Far Gone Best song What did you pick?
1: Successful I listened to it and for the most part was not offended. I was like, yeah, I like this, kind of, <laughs> I like it. I'm here for it. It was a single. Um, mm-hmm. It was not one of the singles that I had like heard at the time, but I liked it a lot. What about you?
0: I picked A Night Off. I listened to this and was like, God damn, this is an amazing song. And maybe I just hadn't heard it in a while or what, but like, it's just... To me, it's like one of Drake's best songs. And a reason for that is because of Lloyd. And we'll talk about Lloyd a, a little bit later in these categories. But um, also from Atlanta, coincidentally, but like Lloyd, the singer, incredible. It's, I, I love Lloyd. Love all of his music. I love his singing style. He's incredible. And A Night Off comes right after the song Ignant Shit, which we'll also talk about pretty soon. But like, so that song samples an incredible, you know, classic Isley Brothers record called um, "Between the Sheets." Have you heard of that song before? Mm,
1: probably.
0: So, are you familiar with uh, "Big Papa" by yeah. Notorious B.I.G. Yeah. also samples also samples uh, "Between the Sheets." So, yes. um, that song, like, it, and ignorant shit itself is a, is a song off of a Jay-Z album too. So I think mm, Blueprint. I don't know. Jay-Z fans don't kill me. I'm not that deep into his music. I don't know what album that song is off of. But um, so it goes from ignorant Shit into A Night Off. And A Night Off is like a slowed down version of the sample that they had just used. So I thought that was really clever. And just like the singing on it is incredible. So that's why I picked A Night Off. I, I wanted to talk about that song a lot because I thought that was an incredible song. Worst song, what did you pick?
1: I picked Unstoppable because it annoyed me. Not like the lyrics or anything, the sound of it. I did not like. So.
0: Yeah, I remember that song. I remember that song coming out and um, like the original version and then like that version. Just yeah, I get it. It is. I, I agree with you.
1: What What song did you pick as the worst song?
0: I picked November 18th, which people might be surprised at but like i just don't i hate his i i hate his obsession with like houston and like trying to sound like he's from houston he's he's done that for a lot of his career uh something he stopped doing pretty recently now he's moved on to other places like britain like you know he's just a culture vulture which
1: imagine if he just would sing about being from canada
0: right yeah now like Like
1: jamal murray is from canada so like why can't drake be like yeah canada
0: listen he 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 bigs up Toronto a lot yeah but he raps like he and he he uses the excuse that like well Toronto's an international city and there's a lot of people from different countries who live in Toronto and blah blah blah. I respect that I understand that but like I just you didn't invent grime you didn't invent dance hall all this other shit and it's cool that you it's cool to like reference those music and stuff like that but like he just I don't know it's he's a vulture I don't like it (laughs) Um and he that's on I, I really don't like it when he does shit like November eighteenth where he's just like trying to sound like he's from Texas. Like I just hate that. It's cringy to me. It's whack. Um most singable, what'd you put?
1: Best I ever had. As it was the one that I like, I hear it and I'm like, oh man, I think of high school when it came out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which,
1: which song was most singable to you?
0: I picked Ignition shit because I know every lyric. <laughs> Because when it came out, I loved it. I I I really loved that song. Um, his verse and and Wayne's verse are both great, and I know it verbatim. So it's a, it's a good. It's a most single to me. <laughs> uh, underrated. What'd you
1: pick? Let's call it off. Was what I picked. I I don't know. I liked it a lot, and I was like, man, why can't this song be at like everything? But that's because I. Like the little like rock sounding songs, and I love mm-hmm. when it's like the the collaboration, the the fusion of music. I'm just like, yeah, let's have a rapper on a song where someone's playing the guitar. Love it. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I picked. Uh, I picked. Say what's real. Okay. I mentioned it before. Say what's real. I think is the first song that I heard off of this album back in college, and that's another one of his songs that I really liked, and. I, it's another one that I know. I you know back then I knew it verbatim. I don't know if I do now. I base I know most of it, but uh, he's Drake. I will say this about Drake: when he wants to rap, he can rap. Like he is a very skilled rapper when he wants to be, and this is an example of that. So, uh, because the internet best song, what'd you pick?
1: I picked three thousand five. Even though I don't know, I went back and forth on this, and I, ultimately I was like, yeah, I like this song probably the best, um, well, I, I put it in the best song category, even mm-hmm. though like I am sure there is a better song and I think you're going to name it. So what do you think is the best song?
0: No, I put Telegraph Ave. I just love the song. And again, Lloyd. Yeah. And I remember hearing about, so Lloyd is on the song and I remember hearing Donald Glover talk about how like Lloyd had recorded the song called Oakland mm-hmm. and he asked, he asked him if he could use it for the song. And he said, yeah, and then, you know, the rest is history, as they say. But I love this song. It's an incredible song.
1: It's a really was, good song.
0: I was, like, just listening to the song before you, before we, like, um, this was, like, two episodes ago. But, like, you know, that week, I was, like, cutting my grass, and I, I put the song on in my rotation. I just love the song. So I was excited when you picked this um, album so I could talk about how much I love the song. Love Telegraph at.
1: Worst song.
0: I picked um, Zealots of Stockholm. Not a great one. No, I just didn't really. I didn't really vibe with it. It just wasn't. uh, This is an example of when I say like it's just hard to be a a great rapper. Yeah. And some of the some of his lines are a little cringy to me. He's like trying to be clever but corny. I don't know. I just didn't like it. What did you pick?
1: I picked Flight of the Navigator. Both are like towards the end of the album. So Mm. maybe if he just like. Cuts it a little bit sooner. No one has to know that like <laughs> he couldn't finish the album and have a great album all the way through. Mm-hmm. What song did you pick for most singable?
0: I picked 2005 for this one. This was a popular, maybe uh, maybe his most popular single. I mean, before, you know, This Is America. I think yeah. This Is America is probably his, his most popular song at this point in his career, but... 3,005 was a big hit and, you know, again, easily singable chorus. The first um, verse, first lines of the f- first few lines of the first verse are really, you know, easy to remember. And that's why I picked this one. what you pick?
1: I picked Sweatpants because this is a song that is on many playlists for me. And mm-hmm. I don't love that I love this song, but I love this <laughs> song. <laughs> and I think it's so, that because I know the lyrics, it's very singable.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense.
1: Yeah. Uh what song do you think is most underrated?
0: One with Pink Toes. Um, I hate nice. the the name of the song. Not great. I was, yeah, I don't like the name of it. But I I enjoy the the vibe. I love Janae Aycho. Um, I think that they do good music together. They did another song together called um, Bed Peace on one of her on on one of her albums. And I think that they there were like rumors back then that they were dating, which I don't think was true, but Great song. What'd you pick?
1: I picked World Star. Um one because it makes me laugh a little bit, but like yeah. I also I I like that it's just like really loud.
0: Yeah, that is a, it's a great song.
1: Yeah. So I'm like, oh man, another song that could have been one of his singles but wasn't.
0: Yeah. A
1: missed opportunity.
0: Great to talk about these albums. This is a good episode.
1: This is very fun. These are very fun albums. And then um the next albums, do you want to talk about what we're going to talk about next week?
0: Yes, next week we will be talking about albums post college. So, any album that came out the day from the day after we graduated undergrad up until I guess next week or now, however you want to say it, but that's what we're going to be doing. So, for me, I graduated college. On December 15th, 2010. I do remember the date. I don't know why, but that's, that was the day that I graduated. It was December, 20, or December 15th of 2010. So anytime from there. And then you graduated when?
1: I graduated May something, 2015.
0: So this is what we'll be discussing. You have a, a little bit of a shorter window than I do, but I'm excited to talk about it.
1: Yeah, same. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next week.
0: See you all. Thank you.